The Secrets of Doctor Who is brought to you by the Star Quest Production Network and is made possible by our many generous patrons. If you'd like to support the podcast, please visit sqpn.com slash give. One day, I shall come back. That's it. I've been renewed. As when a Time Lord's body wears out, he regenerates. I'm a Time Lord. I'm not a human being. I walk in eternity. Braveheart team. Change, my dear, and it seems on a moment too soon. Unlimited vice pudding! Position heroes. Wearing a bit thin. Fantastic. Allons-y! I am Scottish. I can complain about things. Ta-da! She'll be fine. Hi, I'm Dom Bettinelli, and you're listening to The Secrets of Doctor Who, where we discuss everything about the hit BBC series, Doctor Who. And today we're discussing the 11th Doctor story, The Curse of the Black Spot. Joining me today on the panel are Jimmy Aiken. Hi, Jimmy. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> and Father Corey Stika. Hi, Father Corey. How's it going, Dom? Yes, yeah, very well. A, a somewhat forgettable episode, which I didn't remember yeah. until we had to do it again. Oh, uh, I remembered it. <laughs> I, I, I commented that uh, when we last did uh, number 11's episode, the, the second part of the two-parter, you saw the preview for this one. It's like, oh, I forgot this was even an episode. I mean, yes. literally, I'd forgotten this episode even existed at all. Clearly a, hey, the Pirates of the Caribbean is big. We should do a pirate uh, episode. Exactly. <laughs> Uh, and what's interesting is, so you know, th- to recap, uh, you know, quickly, the the TARDIS ends up on a pirate ship that's becalmed and uh, being menaced by some uh, space thing, space thing, siren, etc. Uh, now, the captain of this ship, the ship is called the Fancy. The captain's Captain Henry Avery. They're actually mentioned in a first Doctor story called the Smugglers. Right. Yeah. At the end of that, yeah, there were the the doctor or not I mean, the the people that the doctor has encountered were going to see Avery about his treasure. So that mm-hmm. that's what this that's the the tie in. I didn't know about that tie in before I've been looking up this one. Oh, um, that's definitely a uh, uh, going very deep into the to uh, the history of Doctor Who to for them to have pulled that one out. But yeah, but of course that's Stephen Moffat loved doing stuff like that. So yes, that's right. There is also apparently an online only prequel or like uh teaser scene mm-hmm. for this which was um uh, the, you were kind of getting a, a tour of the ships full of treasure with an uh over a voiceover by a Captain Avery talking about mm. the ship being uh stranded becalmed etc cetera, etc cetera, and being uh, menaced so uh so there was there was a little scene like that um yeah, so, they did the they did that one season. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the the basic premises as we see this, you know, in the in the in the teaser is when a sailor on the ship, any of the sailors, gets any kind of cut, he a black spot appears on his palm, and it means quote unquote he will definitely die. I mean, that's sort of the so the, he's cursed. Just, he's cursed. Yes, and, and the way that manifests is he he starts to hear this siren woman who glows green, and she mm-hmm. appears, and then he becomes an idiot and becomes <laughs> infatuated with her and mm-hmm. touches her and vanishes in a puff of smoke. 
Yes, it looks like, and we are to exp- understand that it's like he's disintegrated uh, yeah. somehow. Uh, yep. So it's classic misdirection uh, at at several points. Mm-hmm. Uh, as as we go through this, we'll see. And then as soon as that first we get this first one disappears, that's when the Doctor, Rory, and Amy are, are show up in the hold of the ship. Basically, they're found in the hold. And there's an actual decent moment for like two sentences there where the doctor because so this episode because it's got pirates and it's the period of television it is they want to they want to have fun with it and so they're going to juxtapose comedy and drama and the doctor pops out and in the cheesiest fashion possible says yo ho ho and when no one reacts he says or does nobody actually say that (laughs) <laughs> and that actually that actually is funny. That got to give yes. them that. That is funny. Yeah. There are a couple of moments where they kind of play off of our expectations of clichés about pirates. So the the and some of them they actually just go ahead with the cliché and, and others they, oh, they don't painfully so. But, yes. Yeah. Yes. But 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 sometimes it's actually like that. It's kind of funny. So the this so the another one that happens is um the doctor says, "We're sailors, same as you." Ooh, are except for the gun thing and the beardiness, which I, I thought was actually that that was kind of funny. Was the be- like pointing yeah. out that the sailor, the uh, pirates all had beards. Hmm. Uh, that was a good one too. Well, then that's that's kind of understandable. If, you know, they're out at ocean for you know sometimes months. They're oh, probably yeah. not going to worry about shaving, especially <laughs> right. especially if you're pitching on a deck. You know. Yeah. Right. Right. I'm not sure I want a straight razor near my neck uh, yeah. while the deck is going back it, and forth. It's one. It's one thing to shave if you're on a big, you know, modern ocean cruise liner that is has stabilizers. Even that can be <laughs> yeah. a little tricky. But with a yes. straight razor on a tiny pitching vessel, no thanks. Exactly. <laughs> uh, the the uh, the pirates don't understand the doctor's explanation that the TARDIS detected their ship in distress. Uh, and brought them automatically, so they make them walk the plank, which and, is another well, cliche. Another cliche. They just got to get the walking the plank thing in there. Yep. Also, yep. the detecting a ship in distress seems to be something they kind of drop and then deal with later in the episode. I, they, mm-hmm. They're not right. conclusive about this, but this is a this is a ship in the 1600s, and so it has no distress signal. But right. they later detect another ship that's occupying the same space as this one that does have a distress signal, and I took it as that's what the TARDIS was really responding to. And that's, right. I think that's pretty much what they, they see at the end of the episode, is the TARDIS saw the, the stress signal of this, this future, the, the spaceship, and said, oh, let's land right next to it. Although this- the, the Doctor seemed sort of nonplussed, to, you know, I mean, didn't phase him that the TARDIS would take him to a non-technologically advanced ship Right. In distress in time somewhere. Right. Which you can cite as a flaw in the writing, because he should exactly. have said, well, wait, where's the distress signal we picked up? Yeah. Right. Or the TARDIS just knew about a time event where he should be, yeah. where something unusual happening, I, I guess. I don't know. The, the whole, like, how the TARDIS knows things, it's sort of oh, nebulous. we'll hit that next episode hard. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yes. yes, in a much better episode. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Amy, meanwhile, tries to, she's, she's going to be kept as a cook, servant, uh, and whatnot. Oh, oh no, not no, even, no, no, even no, worse no. than that. Yeah. So, yeah. Word the, Do- doxy means basically a prostitute. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, that I is one of the meanings of she doxy. She would be cooking. 
Yeah, she would be yeah, cooking, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> there, there is more than one meaning for doxy, but that is definitely one, and that fits this context, and it fits Rory's objection that she's not a doxy. Right. But uh, the, the explanation is a little weird, because they're going to they're gonna have the doctor and Rory walk the plank, so because they're running low on water and they yes. don't want to they don't want to have to, you know, share their water with anybody else because you they're in the middle of the ocean, they don't have a lot of drinkable water. And but they're going to keep Amy because they perceive her as a doxy. And so they're sending her below and she discovers a chest full of bladed weapons. And right. instead of doing the smart thing and grabbing a weapon and running back up on deck, she grabs a weapon and then dons pirate garb mm-hmm. before running back on deck. And this is just so they can get visuals of Amy in pirate garb swinging a cutlass, even though it makes no sense for right. her to and do she's that. Suddenly, which, which she, by the way, is suddenly an expert at using, oh, no. or at least no. seeming like it. No, <laughs> she's just swinging that sword around. Oh, I like, know that. I yeah, know that. Yeah. But the reason that she is as effective as she is, is they're all terrified of the sword because they know the slightest right. nick and you're dead. And she doesn't right. realize that. In fact, she cuts a guy and is like, what? I just scratched him. No big deal. Yes. But this is more of the same kind of humor that we're going to get in the awful, even I think awfuler Town Called Mercy episode. <laughs> where, where it's in the old west and they're using and we have the TARDIS crew using guns incompetently and so here we have the same kind of lame humor which is Amy using a sword incompetently. Mm-hmm. This episode unlike a town called Mercy this episode is not aggressively bad it's just lame. Right. <laughs> yeah and the 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 whole point of and we should point out the whole point of all these swords being in the chest we find out later is is that idea that anything sharp has been pushed away, like put away so that no one can accidentally, you know, harm themselves. themselves on these things. Yeah. Right. But yeah, there is this, this, this weirdness about Amy, like in the midst of this peril to Rory and the doctor, there's also, she just wants to kind of ha- dress up and have fun. And it's, it's, if this was how someone really was, it's sort of, it, it's weird. It would, that, that's, that's a, that's a bad personality trait. That you would be having fun in the midst of, you know, while someone's about to die. And they keep doing this to Amy where she gets, just goes off, off her meds, basically. I mean, I hate to use any other mm-hmm. way, but I mean, it's just, she yeah. just, just all of a sudden they, they throw something like this in there. And, I, and and like you would say, Jimmy, this is bad writing on, you know, that to give this personality where all of a sudden she's gleefully swinging this sword around, pretending she's a pirate. Or is this evidence of being a ganger? No. <laughs> yeah. No, it's Amy's personality. No, not well, accepted. We, a, a, Amy, <laughs> we saw this from the beginning. Amy's, I mean, yeah. Amy's personality is in control of this ganger. Yeah, that, right, right. Well, so not only does the the pirate the 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 pirate guy I forget what his name was. Uh, he had a it was a fun name, uh, but I forget. But not only does the pirate get cut, but uh, Rory gets cut in the midst of this this whole swinging the sword around thing. And uh, then the siren appears. They start acting drunk again. Yeah. Uh, so we have our our sacrificial pirate character to show us the threat to the character we're supposed to care about, which is Rory. Mm-hmm. And right. so now, th- now that the pirate has apparently disintegrated, we've got to play keep away with Rory. 
And right. whenever this, especially now, initially the siren isn't there and he starts acting like an idiot. I mean, the captain even comments that it makes fools out of them. And so right. he's, he's being silly. He's doing some comedic things. And, but then when the pirate, when the siren shows up, he really wants to, he goes gaga for her and wants to touch her. And we have to play this game of keep away. And eventually yes. he sobers up when the, um, when the siren is not there, which is good, and I guess he sobers mm-hmm. up for reasons. But then, whenever the siren shows up, they have to play keep away with him. And that's just right. it, it, frustrating on the writing level. They, right. they had a major character hit way soon in the plot in a way that m- makes us play this lame game of keep away for the rest of the episode with him. And it well, doesn't make and, sense. Why couldn't they have saved any of the others the same way, you know, by keeping them tied up, for well, instance, or something? Well, and then, of course, they have to have the, the whole relationship thing between Amy and Rory where he says, you know, under the effect of the siren that she's the most beautiful woman he's ever seen. And she throws it right back in his face later on when he's sobered up. Yeah. It's yeah. Just like, and, of course, that's, that's again, played for laughs. You know, it's like, <laughs> hold on, you know. Yeah. He I was in control of his faculties then. I have in my notes Amy petulantly resenting Rory being bewitched. <laughs> right. right. You know, it's so, like, come on, cut him some slack. It's not his fault. I do like there is a nice bit here in this sequence, though, where the doctor makes a reference to Sigmund Freud and mm-hmm. asks yep. the pirates if they've ever met Sigmund Freud. And it's like, well, no, he's not going to live for three centuries. But yeah, <laughs> right, right. But when the doctor realizes, oh, yeah, you wouldn't have, he says, comfy sofa. And he kind of stretches his head back, indicating the doctor has laying on on Sigmund Freud's couch and has has, <laughs> right. has presumably received treatment from Sigmund Freud. <laughs> right, right. Uh Amy does stand up to the uh the green siren and uh, who turns red. She goes from Jedi to Sith in an instant and turns red yeah. and blasts Amy back uh for standing up to her. Uh the doctor has a line here where he says, "Oh, okay, just like a shark in a dress and singing." And green, a green singing shark in an evening gown. Uh, so that was that was mm. kind of amusing to me. The captain then says, you know, this is where we get the, the line, the, the ship is cursed, and the doctor retorts, curses are big with humans, but it's just bad things happening, and you can't be bothered to find an explanation. Jimmy, what say you about curses? Yeah, we recently <laughs> did an episode of Mysterious World on curses, so you can listen to that to hear what I have to say. Okay, good, good. I just I knew I had to get that in there. But there's an element of truth in what the doctor says, but not a com- right. it's not the complete story. Yes. Yeah. Uh they discover or realize or think that she can appear anywhere there's a drop of water. Which uh, which one I go too bad human beings are bags of water with perspiration yeah. and mucous <sighs> membranes and all that. Ugly bag of mostly <laughs> water. Yeah. There the, <laughs> it, it, the and if she can emerge from a drop I mean, how does that work? Yeah. She's human-sized. How does she come out of a drop? Yeah. They could at yeah. least say she needs something big enough to come out of. Well, right. they were even just in a, you know, a, a hole that had water in it, and so their clothes contain drops of water. Their shoes are covered in drops of water. The, <laughs> the surfaces right. of their eyes contain drops of water and reflections. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Uh, they end up hiding in the ship's magazine, which I think they they they, they that's as good because the ship's magazine would have been absolutely dry. The downside is you don't have lanterns in the ship's magazine because fire no. and gunpowder bad. Uh, exactly. I mean, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, you would have had like a special lantern. They had special lanterns to take into the magazine, 
that would contain the fire. But they had like multiple open flames. So yeah, yeah, they also had a barrel of water for reasons in the magazine, which they shouldn't have had. <laughs> right, yeah. right. And because one it has other to be dry. Thing, <laughs> yeah, one other thing they shouldn't have had in there is the captain's typhoidic son, who is a stowaway. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, and doesn't know his father is a pirate. This, even though he's been I, on this ship for at least, you know, a week. And, they said they've been home for eight days. So you figure at least a couple of weeks that they've been. At least. At yeah. Yeah. By the way, we this should This is explain... the weakest part of the story to me. Okay, go ahead. Yeah. Well, we go should ahead. explain for people who may not know what becalmed is. That means they don't have any wind. So the ship right. is, is calm. In English, when you have a, a, a verb of the form, be something like be knighted is well you're dark, you you're darkened in your mind or bewitched you've been affected right. by a witch you if you're becalmed your ship is uh stuck because it, the wind is too calm yep. right right yes uh, sailing ships in the era of sailing often had to deal with long periods stuck in pl- places where there was no wind uh which they tried to avoid it, uh, very often yeah. uh they they try to stick to the trade routes, but uh, yep. That's... Or or they'd get affected by dead water, which is a different but similar phenomenon. Right, you had wind, but the water wouldn't let you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was going to say before that the 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 whole thing of the captain's son. I just felt like that was a very weak attempt to create an emotional attachment, mm-hmm. yep. an emotional lesson from on the story. You know that he's not a, he's not really just a pirate captain. He's just a a navy sailor who got on bad times and went a little bad and his son is going to bring him back, you know, by his love and devotion. Yeah. And I'm like, ah, it's very it's cliche. It, yep. And it's, it doesn't, it's not believable at all that this kid would be able to do this. Yeah. Also um, it's, it's very not believable. And they, they jack up the drama by having the mother have, has just died and the father promised the mother he would come back. And the mother has said that the pirate captain is a noble naval officer, which he apparently was, and then went pirate. And yeah. the kid is way too young. I'm now, you can correct me, Dom, but uh-huh. it seems to me the kid is way too young to instantly ask the question, what made you turn pirate? Upon just having learned your father's a pirate when you never suspected that. Right. That's, that's a level of abstraction I don't expect a, a kid of this age. He's going to be dealing with the Shock. I mean, Luke Skywalker was in his 20s and he's like, no, that's impossible for, you know, longer than this kid was. On the other hand, too, why is this kid surprised? I mean, it's not like this the ship looks like a British naval vessel or is run. A pirate ships are not run like British naval vessels. Well, and this is where they missed an opportunity here. If they wanted to go in this direction, they could have done it better because there were. British naval officers that were essentially pirates under cover of law. Admiral Nelson was one of them. They could have had Captain Avery is his name. Yes. Mm -hmm. They could have had, they could have said, okay, he is a naval officer and he's got letters of mark and reprisal. Right. That he's been granted by the government to go after the Queen's enemies. And so he's both a naval officer and a pirate and he's a much more interesting, ambiguous character. Right, exactly. that would have been a better, a better way of doing it. I don't know why, it, and it's not that much more to do that. So, yeah, it turns out he, because he has typhoid, he has the spot on his hand too. The sun. But be, the yes, the sun, and because he's in the the magazine where there's no water, apparently, 
including anything he's been drinking. Anyway, mm. he hasn't been taken. It turns out it's not the blood itself. You know, the, the doctor keeps coming up with these theories and they keep being wrong. So at first they thought it was blood that was drawing the siren in like a shark in water. But then it's like, no, because there's no blood, you know, cuts on the boy. So it must be weakness or illness. The, and the doctor, again, has this line, says, it's not a curse. Curse means game over. Curse means we're helpless. We're not helpless, uh, he says here. The doctor and the captain, now, they're going to go for the TARDIS, which is what they should have done in the first place. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure why not, they not everybody's going for the TARDIS, just the captain. And, like, I don't know whether, why they're going alone. I, I think the idea is they're men, because Rory has been exposed, and so has the sun. And so... yeah. They're keeping them in the magazine so they can be safe, and I think they're going to move the TARDIS using right. the uninjured people. Okay. And they right. and they leave a couple of uninjured people with them, members of the pirate crew, who then decide to mutiny because the captain has gone soft, which right. I didn't understand at all. How is the captain being soft? He's saving your <laughs> lives. Right. But the doctor and the captain, being uninjured, go for the TARDIS, and they're, I think they're going to bring it back, but then events mm-hmm. happen. Yeah. Obviously, the mutiny part was just, hey, we need to have this because, you know, that's like part of a pirate thing. And, you know, we need to ramp up the drama even more because we're, we're already at 11. Right. So we got to go to 12 now with the drama. <laughs> yeah, th- we have to have the twist. Uh, the, the Avery, uh, the captain, intuits how the TARDIS flies or and that's, the basics that's, of it. That's cool. I liked that yeah. where mm-hmm. he's like, okay, this is the equivalent of an astrolabe. This is the equivalent of a wheel. You know, he's identifying things in the TARDIS as in terms of their function, you know, based on what would be part of a, a, 16, a 17th century ship. And that yeah, I right. like. Now they then carry it way over the top by <laughs> the end of the episode where he yeah. is actually pirating a futuristic spaceship. Which, yeah. no, I'm sorry, that doesn't work. Identifying doesn't work. something's basic function is one thing. Having a detailed knowledge of how to run and repair it is totally something else. Well, yep. heck, I could identify the, the, the functions of the controls in an F-35 fighter jet. I ain't going to fly it. Yeah. <laughs> There's no. no way I'm going to be able to fly it. Yeah, and this is even a bigger leap. So the... The TARDIS conveniently won't work. It's become too. <laughs> Yeah, not just will it not work, it's all of a sudden going to decide to take off on its own and they abandon ship. TARDIS separation! Yep. Uh, yeah, the uh, the the boy, meanwhile, is the being disabused of the notion that his father is an evil captain and scratches one of the pirates who tries to leave, uh, you know, on purpose, in order, so that he can't leave. Um, another crewman does try to run off, but is then off-screen, hurts himself somehow, and is taken. And that, and at and that point, the doctor realizes it's not water she's coming through, but reflections. So anything that can reflect, including water, but also all the treasure on board, the jewels and the gold. The polished metal. And they're setting up an element of the captain's personality here. They're going to tell us that by the end, the reason he turned pirate was he couldn't give up the gold. And so right. to illustrate that for us, You've got one of the mutinying crew members has a tiny bit of the treasure with him and the and and a gun right. and has been shooting at the captain and the doctor and the captain insists on pursuing the shooty mutineer crew member to to get back his treasure and I'm going this is not believable because 
if someone is shooting a gun at you and any wound is going to be fatal, you do not, I mean, even even just the fact it's a gun without the added siren guaranteed fatality yep. thing, Right, you can part with a little bit of your treasure and let the guy go get away. Right, and 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 at this point, the doctor, in order to ramp up that whole like the greedy dragon horde, you know, gold sickness, I'm Thor and Oakenshield moment here. Mm-hmm. Uh, the doctor says all the treasure has to be thrown overboard, every single bit of it. And I'm thinking, they, they, pirates have you know treasure chests, don't they? Bags, shove yeah. it in the dark. Yeah, she can't come Cover through. It over. Yeah, it's just again, it's just. It's bad writing. It's not mm-hmm. believable. And then the doctor decides we just need to wait. And he says, wait, I admit it's not my mo- most dynamic plan. And I'm going, yeah, it's not. And now, <laughs> yeah. and now I, the viewer, have to suffer through this. And yes, the writer basically admitting that it's a, he's, got, he's got no idea how to, how to really go to the next part of the plot. Yeah. Now, <laughs> you, we can have moments of low action. There, In fact, there need, in an action-adventure series, there need to be moments of low action where the characters yeah. are what's carrying the plot. You know, and we watch, okay, how are our favorite characters reacting to this situation? And that's the thing of interest. You know, we watch them go through the emotional dynamics of adjusting to the situation they're in and preparing for the situation they're about to face. But that requires us to care about the characters. Right. <laughs> and and I don't, because they're, they're, they don't have intelligible emotional reactions that aren't just cliches. Mm-hmm. So next we have, uh, while they're waiting, they're sleeping, and... Amy uh, wakes to see Eyepatch Lady that we saw before in uh, in the, the with the Ma- silence. Madam Kavarian, yeah, yes, yep. she's uh, looking through a hatch in the side of the ship, telling her to stay calm, uh, and then closing this hatch. And I- Amy is understandably uh, perplexed. Doesn't say anything to anybody. Still, not sure why. Mm, of course not. <laughs> uh, but uh, so we've got we're continuing the 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 season story arc. So there's a whole thing where that we we have this discussion of Avery being this respected naval officer who, with wife and son at home, to become a pirate roaming the seas. And the doctor says that he too roams space, and it's better to do it with someone. I think he's trying to you know create this reconciliation with the son or something like that. Um, yeah, kind of a it's it's eh. <laughs> it's not very yeah. well done. Also, what's not really well done is the thing they're waiting for is wind. And mm-hmm. a storm starts. Okay. <laughs> very well, quickly. It, very quickly. <laughs> yeah. It's got some wind, so that's good. It's also got a bunch of rain. And so they're up on the deck, and because now all the water is turbulent because of the, the, the rain and the wind, and so the siren won't show up from a reflection, they think. Yep. And so they're all up on the deck, and the captain is shouting orders, and they're the classic, you know, nautical piratey orders. He tells Amy and Rory to man the sails. Okay, fine. But then he says, avast ye. <laughs> and it's like, do you know what avast ye means? It, avast <laughs> means stop. Right. So he's telling, he just told them to man the sails, and then he tells them immediately to stop. And <laughs> that makes no sense. So this is just the writer not really understanding pirate jargon, or nautical jargon, I should say. But because he, it, because it's stereotypical things a pirate would say, he's just got to shove them all in, whether they make sense or not. Right. 
Yeah. Yeah. He, he's first, it's to the rigging, you dogs, let go of the sails, avast. It could be that he's saying, go to the rigging. No, wait. Put the bunt in the slack of the clues and heave it, the, you know, it, on the it sheets. It does but, not come across in a sensible way. No, it doesn't. Let's, yeah. It's just, let's take a lot of nautical sounding words and throw them together and it, it's going to yep. make sense, right? Well, and then he wants this compass for some reason in the middle of the storm uh, because there isn't a giant compass in front of the helm on, on nearly every ship uh, that they, they put there. You know, I mean, that's the helmsman has a giant compass set in front of him. So he can, so like, that he can know which way they're going. Right, right, stay on, stay on course, but but no, he needs the pocket compass in his coat uh, yeah. down below. So the that and that's all in service of getting the kid to go down and get his coat when in, in which he has shoved the crown that uh, that he didn't want to throw away the last bit of treasure. Uh, the and it falls out, and the siren comes aboard and takes the boy. And in my notes, kid killed. Therefore, they're all not dead. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah, because if the kid can't be dead, and so if the kid's not dead, none of the other people who've been taken are dead. Just right, lost right. the drama. It's meant and, to ramp up the drama because, you know, oh, no, a kid just died. But I don't believe that a kid just died on a family show, so not in this way. And right. so that means none of these people are dead. Well, and, that, and that's where the, then it makes the logic switch of Rory falling overboard and the doctor sending the siren after Rory. Oh, for, right now. Because they can't, because what you just said, Jimmy, they can't all be dead. So, therefore, right. she can save him. Yeah. Therefore, the doctor must you know, realizes that if the kid's not dead, because we can't kill kids on our on my show, we're gonna have yeah, send her exactly. after Rory. Yeah. <laughs> There's just so much to not like here. First of all, now that the crown has emerged, the doctor tells the captain, "Well, that's what made you turn pirate. You couldn't give up the gold." And I'm sorry, this is a blunt object lesson in more than one sense. Right. Um, it's it it involves a blunt object, but it's also <laughs> bluntly told, and yeah. so it it's I don't like that. Then Rory is a nurse, and he's drowning. He doesn't know how to swim. Really, the doctor and Amy don't know how to swim. The captain doesn't. Nobody knows how to swim, so you can't well, jump in and save well, it's Rory. A storm. It's, it's a, a storm. storm. You, it, yeah. Well, then how do you? I mean, doesn't do you know he's drowning if. Right. I mean, the sea doesn't look water. that bad, but <laughs> if it were, if it were like a, on a movie set and you had real, real storm waves, then I'd, I'd, I'd buy it. But this is like you're in a in a wave pool on a studio lot, and it's it's a lot of wind and rain, but there's no waves. It's just yeah, the, it's kind of deck's it, not pitching. There's not you know, it, it doesn't look like this massive storm yeah, in the middle yeah. of the ocean. It, it, it just looks like a lot of wind and rain. The the, yeah. the, the bigger danger immediately would because you can you can ride waves. The bigger danger would be the waves are going to slam you into the sides of the ship and you'll die from blunt force trauma mm. uh, in terms of a quick death. Yeah. But you could survive for some minutes and maybe get back on board, given the level of violence that we're shown here. Yeah. But then they decide, not only do we need to get the siren back and send her after Rory, we all need to prick our fingers so we can all go to the same place. Yes, that is a big leap of it's faith. <laughs> inadequately set yeah. up. Right. Yeah, and so they they all do. They prick their fingers, and they turns out that there's a spaceship in a parallel dimension that intersects with the space time location of the pirate ship, and they're locked together somehow. And this is the ship 
that was in distress that the TARDIS detected. Okay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> sure. And and the crew of this of this out of phase ship are all dead. And yes. it it turns out now the the doctor, Amy, and the captain all wake up on what mm-hmm. looks like maybe the bridge or the observation deck of this ship. Mm-hmm. Right. And then they go back into the medical bay, and it turns out that the... It's Michael Crichton's coma. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it looks like that. Yeah. But the the siren is a medical application. It's basically the EMH. It's the EMH. Yep. Please state the nature of your siren emergency. Yeah. <laughs> and it's adapted itself, even though the... The original aliens, we can tell from their skeletons, were sort of pteranodon rat men, mm-hmm. based <laughs> yeah. on the way their heads are shaped. They've got these rodent-like incisors, but pteranodon fins on the back of their heads. The EMH has adapted itself to be human, since it's interacting with humans now. It senses the injured humans, it brings them here, but it has no idea to fix them, how to fix them, so it's just maintaining them. Okay, fine. Why aren't the doctor, Amy, and the captain all in stasis? They all just injured themselves. Yes. Right. Right. Big hole. Big hole. <laughs> Among yeah. others. Among but, others. Yes. Uh, it turns out the black spot is is a where a tissue sample was taken from yeah. them, I guess, for reasons. Amy gets they they there's a lot of, you know, Mama Jabo. Amy gets the the siren to release Rory into her care. She has to sign the HIPAA form oh, that designates it, her as. And and first, <laughs> first, first, she she's got a. I mean, the doctor wants Amy to. So Roy can't survive without the machine he's hooked up to. He was apparently because he's drowning. Because he's drowning, yeah, yeah. and and this makes no sense because he doesn't. He tells Amy that what they need to do because he doesn't want to stay in this thing for the rest of his life. So he tells Amy. Get me disconnected, and then use CPR, artificial CPR. respiration, and yeah. CPR to yeah. to bring me back from the brink of death. Which, of course, is going to be drama for Amy. And why do I have to do it? Why can't it be the doctor? But you know, because I know you won't give up, and so that's the plan. But then the doctor needs to broker this deal with the EMH, and and he says, "Show her your ring." you know, your wedding ring, mm-hmm. yeah. as if an alien EMH is going to recognize that custom. And, <laughs> right. then, and and then, having proved that she's next of kin, this golden ring of light appears around the EMH's hand, and the doctor just intuits that that's the consent form. Right. And Amy needs to put her hand in it to confirm consent. Wedding rings, by the way, are like a, an 80-year-old... Custom, like as a as a as a everyone wears one sort of mm-hmm, thing. Mm-hmm. It's not even, or at least diamond rings are. Mm. It yeah, it's yeah, it doesn't make sense. The the by the way, the TARDIS uh, had had turned up inside this treatment room where all the pirates are. It was are. sick too, I guess. I, I guess. <laughs> it, and we're told if you don't leave now, you can never leave for reasons that are not explained. Well, the whole idea that it that the the thing can only sustain them in this in this just alive state, but can't heal them, again, also doesn't make any sense. Because if you if if Rory's drowning, mm-hmm. then to stop him from drowning, you need to take the things out of the water out of his lungs, and then he's no longer drowning. And that's and apparently to... done been done because he can yeah. talk. If his lungs right. were full of water, he couldn't talk. 
Exactly. Right. So disconnecting the thing puts the water back. Like it just there's there's no sense well, in it. Well, what about the guys who they literally just had like you know a scratch on their finger? You right. Think that would just you know like you know heal itself and they'd be fine. <laughs> yeah. Just disconnect you know, them. They're not going to die. Humans do that. Yeah. <laughs> They're not going to die because of a scratch, and you know, well, humans heal scratches all the time. In fact, I think that's what happens in this because they can all get disconnected, but the boy can't be disconnected because of the typhoid fever, and they don't have any way to to cure that. And not the even siren on can't, the TARDIS, apparently. Apparently, uh, the and I do like. There's no thought given to the idea that you know, well, we're going to have to leave, and the boy's going to die. Like, there's there's not even brought up. That the idea that they would let the boy die, so and that's why the Avery and all the pirates stay on board this alien ship. I, I interpreted it as the boy is going to die, and the father decided to stay with him until he dies. Mm-hmm. Well, he's still connected to a to the apparatus at the okay. end. Yeah, he still so, has like the the, the neck. Okay. The neck thing. What, yeah. So. Okay. Well, so, in that case, he's, I guess, being maintained, and the father decided mm-hmm. to stay with him. Right. Uh, and and no, go explore the stars instead of exploring the ocean. Or they went to the, the dog stars star. Or, yeah. Yep. Uh, now, the, this whole thing about Amy wanted, uh, Rory wanted Amy to do the resuscitation because she wouldn't give up on him, mm-hmm. except she does. <laughs> she gives <Yeah>. up. <laughs> yeah, it's a, you, yeah. Well, that I, I guess I can cut that line some slack. But really, the doctor <laughs> wouldn't give up any much quicker than Amy. Yeah. And the although you have the the, the lovely delayed response to the CPR, <sighs> and it's a whole thirty seconds after she stops chest compression that he suddenly revitalizes. It's yeah, like, it yeah. doesn't work that way. In, in, That's yeah, not people, how this works. In, in <laughs> yeah. my notes, Rory dies again. So there's our Rory dying trope. Yes. Yep. Amy seemingly fails. In order to juice drama, then he revives spontaneously. Yep. Let's just give a PSA here. If you're doing CPR, artificial resuscitation on people, you don't stop until they're back and or a doctor tells you to stop. Yeah. Yep. Right? Like, the, just if you're ever, don't expect someone to just spontaneously start breathing again after you've stopped doing CPR. Just That's a bad thing that they showed people in this, mm-hmm. yeah, in this episode. Yeah, that, that, that's, that's actually almost negligent, you know, because... Like it literally is something where you could be doing it for you know minutes, you know number, twenty minutes, number of minutes, yeah. twenty yeah. minutes, and finally the body will restart. But right. it's as they're doing the compressions and the breathing, not oh I'm going to take a break now. Oh he's back. <laughs> yeah, it's not going to happen the way. So don't do that. I'm almost shocked they didn't do the uh, live start pounding <laughs> on the body. chest like you see in so many stupid movies. <laughs> yes, yeah, right. Uh, so at the end we have. Uh, Amy and the doctor are both concerned about each other. Amy, of course, is thinking that the doc, you know, knowing that the doctor is going to be at uh, the Lake Silencio and dying there, and the doctor being concerned because his uh, sensors say that she's both pregnant and not pregnant at the same time, and so they're both worrying about each other, but not talking to each other because it's you know, it's the both be- it's both Schrodinger's pregnancy and Chekhov's pregnancy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. But I, I, one of the weakest ways of sustaining drama or sustaining a story arc is the, I, I'm not going to talk to you about this thing that's bothering me. I just hate that sort of thing. If only, like, if only you would talk to each other in a, in a calm, rational, reasonable way, all this would be fixed very quickly. But, of course, we can't fix things. Also, we haven't done anything more than remind the audience of these two things. Nothing mm-hmm. happens here to advance those plots. And that right. also is a sign of bad writing. They're just cramming this in 
so that the audience doesn't forget from week to week yep. that this is going on, but they're not doing anything to advance the plot. I mean, give me something new about these. Yes. Yes. And then a man from the 1600s flies a starship. Oh, yep. right. We didn't, we didn't explicitly talk With about that, crew. but yeah. 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 That's that just completely not believable. Uh, any last thoughts? Any last notes about this episode, Father Corey? This will probably be an episode that the next time we I watch it in about 15 years, oh, oh I forgot about this one. <laughs> right. Jimmy? I remembered this one, um, but I uh, I remembered not liking it, and my memory was accurate. I have my final <laughs> note is paint by numbers, cliche mm. writing. Interestingly, there is an English country dance uh, tune <laughs> called the Doctor Who Pirate Jig. And I I can't help wondering if it's based somehow on the th- on the incidental music in this episode. So I'm gonna have to. I know the oh. I know the, I know the people involved. I'm gonna have to ask is th- is this where that came from? Because it does not sound like the main Doctor Who theme. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> that is funny. Yeah. Uh, my last thought is is this uh, might have been improved with the inclusion of Johnny Depp as Captain Jack Sparrow, and that's actually saying something. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it's like let's do Pirates of the Caribbean without the most interesting character. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Uh all right. So let's wrap things up here. We're uh, taking a moment to thank our patrons who make it possible for us to create the secrets of Doctor Who, including Rhea B, Jack D, James D, Renee J, and Daryl F. Their generous donations at sqpn.com slash give. Make it possible for us to continue The Secrets of Doctor Who and all the shows at StarQuest. You can join them by visiting sqpn.com slash give. We'd also like to thank Victor Lambs, who edits the show for us every week. So that's it from us. What did you think of The Curse of the Black Spot? Did you like it better than we did? Uh, every, this, there's an episode out there for everyone, and we'll, I will definitely politely disagree on things. But uh, I want to hear from you if, you've, if you like this one, and tell us why. So you can do that by commenting on the show at sqpn.com or the Secrets of Doctor Who Facebook page or send an email to Who at sqpn.com. We'll be back next time when we'll be discussing the first Doctor story, The Romans. Hello, Nero. Until then, Father Cory Stika, thank you for joining me and sharing the Secrets of Doctor Who. Thank you, Dom. Jimmy Aiken, thank you as well. Thanks, Dom. And once again, I'm Dom Bettinelli. Thank you for listening to The Secrets of Doctor Who on StarQuest. And remember, I suppose that laughing like that's in the job description. Can you do the laugh? Check. Grab yourself a parrot. Welcome aboard. Right. This is going to be fun.